to my prophecy. Stress in the city, the cops are stopping me. The projects full of bullets, the bodies is dropping. They ain't no stopping me. Constantly moving while making millions. Witnessing killings, leaving dead bodies in the bed of buildings. Carries the children cause they're healing. Addicted to killing and the appeal from the cap villain. Without feeling, but will they last or be blasted? Hard at it, past it. Maybe you'll listen in this casket for aftermath. More bodies being buried. I'm losing my homies in a hurry. They relocating to the cemetery. Got me worried. Stressing my business blurry. The question is, will I live? No one in the world loves me. I'm headed for danger. Don't trust strangers for what's in the chamber whenever I'm feeling this anger. Don't want to make excuses, cause this is how it is. What's the use unless we're shooting? No one notices the youth. It's just me against the world, baby. Me against the
Yo, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up? It's your boy Lewis Says Black coming to you with another podcast. Appropriately so. That's why I picked that Tupac, Me Against the World. I feel like it's us against the world. And what's really aggravating us and what has really set the tone for this year, still shouts out to our brother George Floyd. Still shouts out to our sister Breonna Taylor. What's pissing me off is really the fact that you can murder us and either A, get away with it, with impunity. Like, I never thought I'd see the day where you can kill somebody on camera or even off camera, but you can kill somebody. And during the trial, we all know that you killed that person, but we're still going to try to figure out whether you're guilty of killing that person. We're going to have a whole trial and we're going to spend taxpayer dollars on trying to figure out if maybe you did it because it was an accident or because you were scared. Tonight's topic is, is about Amber Geiger. Amber Geiger, you say, why would we talk about her? That should be old news. About almost a year ago, Lewis Black, they found her guilty and gave her 10 years. Yeah, I was pissed off back then because I was like, yeah, 10 years. What you got to realize is this. It ain't about the years. It's about when will this person be up for parole? Because if they put you in PC, protective custody, and you pretty much have guards taking you to the shower and then you're in PC for the rest of your time and you're not in general population, it's very easy for you to get good behavior and for you to get out on parole. So if you've got 10 years, but you're up for parole in three, I look at it as, okay, they pretty much gave you about three years. So we all know about the spectacle. And during this episode, I hate to be the one to be like, I told you so, but I told y'all so. But everybody, everybody thought that I was so ignorant and everybody thought that I was so unchristian, not knowing that, unlike some of y'all, I'm actually saved. I gave my life to the Lord Jesus Christ back in 1999. I confessed that he died on the cross for our sins. And I believed that with my heart and still do. Me and my dad, we read Bible verses. It's not being a being a Christian is not about being a fool. Because if you read your Bible thoroughly, not just picking the parts that pastor picks out for you, not just handpicking what makes your argument valid. But if you just read through the Bible um, in the Bible, it was a lot of consequences for the dumb shit that people did. In the Bible, there's many stories where people did dumb things and they suffered the consequences either by man or by the Lord. And in a situation like this, it's really not up to me to uh, forgive Amber Geiger. Uh, that's going to be between her and the Lord whenever she does meet the Lord at the pearly gates. So let's kick the ballistics. Yesterday. I don't want to date the show. How about this? On August 8th, 
on August 8th, on a Saturday, while most people are just probably just relaxing, just sitting around the prison, going to the rec yard, shooting the shit, Amber Geiger got busy and she filed an appeal. And for those of y'all that aren't hip to the legal system, the difference is parole is you're going to serve this time. And when this time comes up, that's when you can holler at us about getting out of here. And we'll let you out of here and it will be known that you did the shit that you did. And it will be on your record and everything. And you're just going to have to live your life going forward on the streets as a felon. Nah, sister ain't having that. It's been about pretty much 10 months that she has sat up in the joint and she said, "Uh uh-uh, we're going to appeal. We're going to try to get this whole thing overturned. I want to get back out on the streets ASAP. I I just said, wow, I told y'all so. Now, here's why everybody thought that I was so unforgiving. And it wasn't just me because the Amber Geiger trial took black folks to what I call that in-house civil war. Half of the community was like, oh, no, all of this, uh, the judge hugging her, the bailiff uh, straightening out her hair and playing with her hair. You know what I'm saying? The father talking stupid, talking about when she hits the bricks, he would like for them to be friends. And then the brother, the brother was the biggest violation because when that's your brother, your bigger brother or younger brother, in this case, when this is your big brother, the one that probably damn near helped raise your stinking ass, then got popped. And then you sit up here and you hug this woman and start crying and saying that you don't want her to go to jail. That whole little shit and pony show that all of these fools put on, you know, the judge running out. I'm talking about I ain't never seen this, man. I ain't never seen that. You get convicted and the judge literally runs from behind their podium and then hands you a whole Bible. <laughs> well, I wish us brothers could get it like that. Mm-mm. Because now when that white judge, when he puts down that gavel, boom, boom, and gives you that football, and he, when, he, when the judge puts down that gavel and he gives you that NFL football running back number, or when he gives you that college wide receiver, NFL wide receiver jersey number worth of years, he does. He stays right behind that little podium while they put you right back up in cuffs and while they escort you off. And he kind of just gives you that look like, wow, this is really the last time he ever has to look at your despicable ass. I ain't calling you despicable, but that's how he looks at you. All of that is going to now work in favor of the appeal board. Because her case wasn't like normal cases. Most normal cases just go on behind the scenes while me and you, her and him, are just out here working and living our lives and playing with our kids and doing what we're doing. There's somebody in the courtroom right now fighting for their life. This was televised. 
So trust and believe. Even the people on the appeal board probably sat back and were either A, in the courtroom, or B, they sat back and they paid attention on TV, the internet, or whatever to this case. We're in some unique times. So even if you weren't able to sit down in front of a TV and watch this trial, if you're like me, you were probably busy, but you were able to see these shenanigans right through your phone via uh, Facebook. Facebook stayed on top of good coverage and uh, shouts out to YouTube. YouTube had good coverage of what was going on. So these people are going to be influenced. These people are going to be like, wow, you showed up and you pulled a typical white woman move. You know, you, you showed up with the crocodile tears. You showed up with the mayonnaise tears and you did the, you know, the typical cry. You put the waterworks up. Then I see the family was just being so forgiving. You know, I see that the judge, even though the judge had to give you something, because I mean, we couldn't just let you go free because we didn't want the city of Dallas to ride. And at the end of the day, that's what infuriates me, which is it does make me think that. Did y'all just maybe just lock her up just because y'all didn't want a downtown riot on your hands? That's what I'm really led to believe now, because I'm peeping that tensions was high out here in Dallas just when George Floyd got killed. And that was a brother all the way in Minnesota. So I'm up here like, I know that if for some reason with all of this impeccable evidence, like, all right, you walked in, the um, the prosecutors made a very good point. They was like, here's a picture of her apartment and here's a picture of the layout of both and jobs. They was like, man, just by walking in into the layout, you should already know, oops, I'm in the wrong crib. My bad. So if she would have got found innocent, man, it would have been smoke in the city. Literally, you would have saw some stuff burning because it was just too much impeccable evidence. And it hit very close to home because it was right here on the soil, downtown Dallas, right up the street from the police station. Shouts out to the city of Dallas. They're talking about trying to name a street after the brother both from John, I would like to see them do that. Currently, it's Lamar Street. I feel like y'all already got a black name on there, so why not just name it Both from John Street? You know what I'm saying? Pay homage to that brother. Do something to keep his name living on because this is a tarnishment to the whole legacy of the Both from John family. So she's going to appeal, and if that privilege kicks in, if that privilege kicks in, They may deny her the first appeal. They may deny her the first appeal for riot control. Just because right now, tensions are still high. Black Lives Matter is hitting the streets. People are protesting. People are getting woke. And people are seeing the injustices and the inequalities out here. So this would be very bad timing to let her out on appeal. So they may dog her the first time. But I feel like if they do that, it's going to be like a rough draft, kind of like anybody that's listening to this that has a high school education. You've had an English class where there's a paper that's due. 
And the first thing that they do is the teacher wants you to turn in a rough draft. You turn in your rough draft. She circles your grammatical errors. She lets you know how you can maybe tighten up and explain yourself a little bit more on these points. And your English teacher pretty much guides you into getting an A on that paper. That's why me, myself, I always had great grades in English. A C in English was unacceptable because my mama felt that was too easy of a class. And yes, if you follow the directions on that rough draft, the teacher is going to coast you into an A. All you got to do is literally be like, all right, everything that she circled and corrected me on, let me go ahead and correct it. And that's what I feel like is going to happen with her appeal. With her appeal, her legal team, they're going to see any gap holes, anything that they missed, anything that they couldn't hit on. They're going to be like, all right, back to the drawing board. And then they're going to come back and they are going to hit it hard. And my prediction, the second appeal, they're going to go ahead and let her out. By that point, she will have done a hard year in the joint. I know that nine times out of ten, they've got her in PC. Ain't no way they would have her in general population, man. General population, Amber Geiger, the way that she gunned down a brother. Are you serious? Man, please. In general population, she would have been gotten into it with them switch ba- with them switchblade sisters. <laughs> the switchblade sisters would have been the greeting committee for her, man. And they would have put their signature trademark on them, man. Them switchblade sisters would have got at her and they would have made her life a living hell. She probably wouldn't even be alive right now. So she's definitely going to have good behavior on her side because she ain't doing nothing but uh, showering and shitting and probably reading books. And looks like, obviously, because this woman ain't stupid. That's why I really was not feeling the leniency that they gave her because I'm like, this woman knows how to articulate herself. She ain't make it this far in life by being stupid. I give stupid people a pass when they do dumb shit, but this is not a stupid person. So it looks like what she's been doing while everybody was busy forgiving and forgetting, she was getting busy in that law library and doing her research and figuring out how she can, how can she get about there as quick as possible. Now, let me tell you somebody that's been very vocal and they've been kind of pissed. Both of John's mother shouts out to her. Now, she wasn't as bad as the daddy, but I noticed that it all came down to that typical, let's go ahead and tell everybody that if you want to avenge our son, let's be peaceful. Let's forgive. Don't tear nothing up. And we already know what that's about. It's about that lawyer. That lawyer came through. I forgot his name right now, but he always shows up whenever somebody gets murdered. You can look him up yourself. And he basically set it up. I know how these guys are, man. These guys are ambulance chasers. I'm going to get you a huge settlement and I'm going to take a nice piece out. I'm going to take a nice piece out. This one's going to either have me set for the year or this one's going to be how I close out this year and coast into next year. 
And that's what he did. And of course, part of getting that check, when your peoples get killed, black man, when your peoples get killed, black woman, when your brother gets killed, when your sister gets killed, part of it is they tell the family, chill out. Do not be an instigator. If anything, we need you to be a mediator. So part of the deal is you're going to tell your people to stand down. And we're going to go and we know that we did wrong. Cutting a check within itself is an admittance of guilt. So it's like we know we did wrong, but fuck it. We did what we did. So here's a couple of hundred G's and uh, no media, no media um, appearances. No media appearances at all. So all that going on the Breakfast Club, going on air with Tariq Nasheed, doing an interview with the Black Authority, all that. Nope, that's not in the contract. You're not going to do any interviews. You're not going to sit up here and get on your own social media and talk shit about it. It's basically a check like shut the fuck up. And that's what they did. But now they feel played because they figured, all right, this is the best of both worlds. Old girl got 10 years. We can go ahead and play this forgiving role. They can go ahead and cut this check for a couple of hundred G's. We can go ahead and pay off some of these cars. We can go ahead and finish off the rest of this mortgage. We can parlay some of this into a nice little savings account. We can flip this money up a little bit and we we can be decent. We may not have our son, but at least we don't have to work anymore, or at least we don't have to work as hard. And while we're doing this, while we're out here living our best life with this money, that funky-ass chick is sitting up here in a musty-ass jail. That's what they thought. But now, they're feeling played. Like, hold up. You didn't gave us this check. We didn't already kind of spent some of this money. In the right way, you know, we paid off some of our car notes and we going, we had a little bit left on the mortgage. We got that knocked off and we thought that we were going to be good and that justice was going to be served. Y'all letting her out? They looking like, man, if she appeals, depending on when she gets out, she may have only done 10 months. She may have only done a year. She may have only done a year and a half. Who does a year and a half for cold-blooded murder? That's why we need to stay on code. That's why instead of making a big spectacle, you need to be that cool family member. You need to be that cool ass family member that chills off in the cut and you keep military silence and you just pay attention to what's going on in the trial. And if they do get up in your face with those microphones, you just let them know, I want justice for my son. I want justice for my daughter. I want justice for my brother. I want justice for my sister. I want justice for my niece. I want justice for my nephew. And then that's it. You don't have to sit up here. Black people have this thing where when we get on the camera, it's lights, camera, action, and we just got to make a show. It's nothing wrong with channel two, four, five, 11 and 30 having microphones in your face and saying, what do you think? And just saying, I want justice for my son. And then just walking off. Keep it short and keep it simple. But this horse and pony show, Amber Geiger showing you the blueprint that if you sit up here and you act 
so so forgiving they will pump fake your ass meaning they will go ahead and put the person that wrongly murdered your child in prison just to shut you up and then immediately because I'm sorry 10 months is damn near immediately they will let them appeal and 9 times out of 10 let them get out because remember she drew a weapon and she shot him up home defense style now I don't think that she would stand a snowball's chance in hell if she did the brother execution style and shot him in his head or something like that we wouldn't even have anything to talk about but the fact that she did him self-defense home defense style bam already left the door open man so we just got to get it together and another thing black people on social media because I was just addressing how the family should handle things. On social media, we need to get on one accord. Because believe it or not, social media in 2020 does hold as public opinion. And there is a such thing that you've heard of probably called the court of public opinion. And when we are so divided amongst each other like this, it makes it that much easier for the outsiders to say you know what they don't know what they want to do anyway so we're just going to make some decisions for them we got to get on cold I'm going to be keeping my eye out and I think that you should too on this Amber Geiger situation and how her appeal is going to go because just by the fact that she decided to appeal means that she never did feel like she was in the wrong. She was just like, okay. And her lawyers probably gamed her up. These lawyers do not make hundreds of thousands of dollars year over fist by being stupid. So her lawyers probably told her, you know what? I need you to bring it. I need you to bring your A game. I need you to cry. I need you to hug all of them family members. And don't worry, it's going to shock you, but we're going to get you 10 years, but you'll be up for parole in three and don't even sweat that three. We're going to get you up in protective custody, sit back, me and my boys, we're going to wait till the timing is right. We're going to wait until some of the smoke clears and we're going to let you know when to appeal. We'll come visit you and we'll let you know when it's time to appeal. Believe it or not, I think that she might have wanted to probably appeal right around the time that George Floyd got killed, probably. But once again, it was probably just still a little too soon because you got to at least do the double digits in months. So the timing might not have been right. And then with the way that everybody was just up in arms and and literally civil unrest that wouldn't have been good timing anyways she picked the perfect timing everybody's woke but the smoke has cleared the streets have kind of cleared so she decided her lawyers said hey we're going to strike while the iron is hot hopefully this will teach y'all 
to get on code. Hopefully this would teach y'all not to be hugging and kissing on someone that has murdered one of your family members with a gun. Man, it's one thing when you sit up here and you get into a tussle and you accidentally stab somebody with a butter knife or a steak knife or something. It's one thing when you're out here and you didn't have one too many to drink and you get out here and you run somebody over and kill somebody with your car. But just the timing, and it's funny because I'm not even a lawyer, but I'm finding myself literally using some of the same talking points that her, that um, the Botham family's lawyer used. And I forgot about his talking points, but I just realized me and this dude, even though he has spent time in law school and he went through the crazy ass task of ta- of passing the bar. And I'm just a dude with a regular bachelor's degree. I'm going to say something that her lawyers that their, that their lawyer said. And it was just my own original talking point just coming off my head. The time it takes to get your hand on that holster, snap open that holster, get that gun up, get that gun off of safety, and get your knees and your feet planted so that you can get some good aim. That's enough time for you to know whether you're making a fucked up decision or not. With that said, my name is Lewis Says Black. This has been another edition of the Lewis Says Black Show. Holla at your boy.